Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, Sweet versus Regular Potatoes, Which Potatoes Are Really Healthier? by Krista Scott Dixon and Brian St. Pierre. We even have a funky infographic you can see for this article at precisionnutrition.com forward slash sweet dash potatoes dash vs dash potatoes dash infographic. Make sure to check it out. All right, on with the article. It's an age-old debate, the sweet versus the regular potato. Which should you be eating for maximum health? Well, in today's article, we'll look to the research and crown an undisputed champion. Let's get into it by starting with the most obvious question, why is there a debate in the first place? Well, in recent years, the sweet potato, but not the regular potato, has enjoyed superfood status among healthy eaters and regular exercisers. Some researchers have suggested that potatoes might carry harmful anti-nutrients, others that their glycemic index, their GI, is too high. As a result, the humble spud has taken a mashing in the recent low-carb years. But here's the thing. Both regular potatoes and sweet potatoes are healthy, awesome, and delicious heritage foods. You can eat and enjoy both regardless of your goals. And with that in mind, let's dig up the truth about our tuberous friends. You said potato, I said potato. But they're not the same. They're both called potatoes. They're both nutritious, energy-rich tubers and ancient, honored foods whose cultivation stretches back thousands of years. They both originated in Central and South America and have since spread throughout the world. They both taste great and make a fine side dish. Yet botanically, potatoes and sweet potatoes are completely unrelated. Potatoes are in the Solanaceae family, related to tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant, along with deadly nightshade. Plants in this family produce solanine, which is poisonous, so don't eat the leaves or stems of any plant in this group, or potatoes that have gone green. Solanumbra is a rarer, more wild-type species of potato cultivated in South America. Now, sweet potatoes are in the Convovillaceae family with flowering morning glory vines. Unlike potatoes, you can also eat the leaves of sweet potatoes, which are very nutritious. Also note, sweet potatoes aren't yams. True yams are another type of tuber, the genus Dioscorea. In New Zealand and the South Pacific, the tubers called yams are actually Oxalis tuberosa, a genus related to sorrel and shamrocks. Now, there are about 4,000 known varieties of potatoes 
with about 3,000 in the Andes alone and about 5,000 varieties of sweet potatoes grown worldwide. Both potatoes and sweet potatoes come in colors ranging from white to orange to purple. Of course, we usually don't see that diversity in the average supermarket. Commercial breeding ensures that we buy only a few potato or sweet potato types. For instance, fast food restaurants demand a potato type, such as russets, that has a particular size and shape, cuts well into french fries and holds together when deep fried, but has a mealy, floury texture on the inside. Indeed, most of the potatoes grown in North America are destined for the deep fryer. Now, potatoes can also differ in their starch content and type, which affects not only how fast they're digested, but how they act when cooked. Floury, or mealy potatoes, which have a fluffy texture and are thus ideal for baking or mashing, are higher in starch, particularly amylose. Waxy potatoes have less total starch, but are higher in amylopectin, which helps the potato hold together and gives it a slightly gluey texture. This makes them better for boiling. They also digest more slowly, especially if they're cooked and then cooled. Similarly, sweet potato types can vary in their texture, cooking properties, moisture, and sugar levels. White, yellow, and purple fleshed sweet potatoes are typically the dry type, while the orange fleshed are moist. Now let's talk about carbohydrates. Tubers are enlarged roots or stems that plants use to store nutrients. This is what makes them a good source of energy. In this case, starchy carbohydrates. Tubers have been a food source for humans for millennia, but in recent years, yeah, eaters have gotten concerned about carbs. People wonder about whether they should eat potatoes at all. Aren't they too high carb? Well, for one thing, high carb often isn't the real problem. Most people in North America, Western Europe, and Australia consume potatoes in some sort of processed form, as french fries, tater tots, or potato chips. And in North America, especially in the southern U.S., the phrase sweet potato is often followed by pie. We typically slather spuds with other stuff like, like butter or sour cream, and for our poutine-loving Canadian friends, gravy and cheese curds. So yeah, the tubers themselves are not necessarily to blame. It's all the stuff we serve with them. In fact, partially due to their carbohydrate content, potatoes and sweet potatoes are highly satisfying foods. You eat them, they stick to your ribs, and you feel full for a long time. Yeah, there's a reason that meat and potatoes is used to describe a satisfying meal. In fact, in 2010, Chris Voigt, the executive director of the Washington State Potato Commission, tried a crazy experiment. Two months of eating only potatoes. At first, he ate only when he felt hungry and lost 12 pounds in three weeks. To get enough calories, he then increased his intake to 20 potatoes a day, and he said he never felt so stuffed. Despite apparently meeting his calorie needs, Voigt lost nine more pounds throughout the rest of the experiment. Not only that, his blood measures, such as cholesterol, triglycerides, and blood glucose, all improved. Now, of course, we don't recommend the 20-potato-a-day diet, but Voigt's results suggest, at least anecdotally, that in fact starchy tubers are more satisfying and less fat-promoting than low-carb advocates might expect. In part, this is because of the type of carbohydrate that occurs in potatoes and sweet potatoes. Online in today's article, you can see how 100 grams, about a cupped handful, of raw regular potatoes and orange sweet potatoes compare in terms of calories, fiber, and macronutrient content. You can see it online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash regular dash vs dash sweet dash potatoes. But essentially, 
They look pretty similar, but when you examine the carbohydrate type more closely, you'll see that sweet potatoes are indeed sweeter. They have seven times the sugar content of regular potatoes. Now a side note to this, if regular potatoes are stored in cold storage, over time their starch content slowly transforms into glucose and fructose. And you can see a chart online in today's article that shows you the exact breakdown of starches and sugars in potatoes and sweet potatoes. Now most tubers contain some resistant starch, complex starch molecules that we can't digest, which are then broken down by our gut bacteria into our large intestine. Compared to sweet potatoes, regular potatoes have more resistant starch. Potatoes also have a type of resistant starch known as retrograde starch. When you cook and then cool potatoes, the starch molecules shuffle themselves around into a different structure. You might have noticed the same type of phenomenon if you've ever cooked a batch of oatmeal, refrigerated it, and noticed a jelly-like texture after it was chilled. You can see in another chart online in today's article the difference that temperature makes between potatoes, sweet potato, lentils, green bananas, and ripe bananas. But basically, to digest both potatoes and sweet potatoes, we have to break down and release the starch stored in their cells. Because some of that starch is resistant starch, this breakdown takes time and effort. So although both potatoes and sweet potatoes are high in carbs, they don't act the same way in our body as high-carb processed foods. Now, if you want to learn more about resistant starch, see the article All About Resistant Starch at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash resistant dash starch. Alright, now along with being high-carb, eaters have often worried about the glycemic index, the GI, and glycemic load, GL, of potatoes and sweet potatoes. The glycemic index is a measure of how quickly a food converts to glucose, and the glycemic load is a measure of how much a food converts to glucose. Thus, eaters are told to avoid foods with a high GI and or GL. Most people thus choose sweet potatoes over regular potatoes, fearing that regular potatoes will shoot their blood sugar sky high. While online in today's article, we have yet another chart that will show you how the GI and GL of potatoes compares to sweet potatoes. And again, we've included lentils and bananas just to give you an idea of how the tubers stack up to other common high-carb foods. Again, you can see all of these charts online in today's article at precisionnutrition.com forward slash regular dash vs dash sweet dash potatoes. Now, interestingly, an extract known as Kaipo from white sweet potatoes is a promising type 2 diabetes treatment and has been shown to improve many markers of metabolic disease. In fact, locals in Japan commonly ate white sweet potatoes raw as a treatment for anemia, hypertension, and diabetes. You can see why in a comparison chart online in today's article that shows the blood glucose response to sweet potatoes, regular potatoes with kaipo, and plain old glucose. Essentially though, in the chart, you'll see that white potatoes do often score higher on glycemic index and glycemic load tests than sweet potatoes. But does this mean we should treat regular potatoes like they're dirt-covered sugar cubes? Absolutely not. GI and GL are only a small part of the story. GI changes with food type, say floury versus waxy potatoes. GI changes when other foods are introduced. We usually don't grab a plain baked potato and start gnawing on it. We generally eat both sweet potatoes and potatoes as part of meals. GI changes with food preparation. Boiling usually results in a lower GI, since starch combined with water. The dry heat of baking, on the other hand, lowers moisture and concentrates sugars. Cutting up potatoes and sweet potatoes helps preserve their starchiness, 
while cooking them whole results in more sugariness. And as you'll see in another chart online in today's article, sweet potatoes do not automatically have a better GI than white potatoes. A roasted or baked sweet potato has a higher GI than a boiled white potato, for example. In the end, if you're following PN guidelines, you're probably including lean proteins, healthy fats, other vegetables and fruits, and naturally occurring fiber in your diet. You're probably also active, which helps your body process carbohydrates better. This means that GI, GL, is not the only thing you should consider when judging the healthiness of a food. And it also means that most healthy and active people can eat potatoes and sweet potatoes just fine. Now, let's talk about carb type. Even though both potatoes and sweet potatoes are high in carbs, not all carbs are created equal. Because of the type and nature of the carbohydrates they contain, both potatoes and sweet potatoes fill us up, give us energy, and leave us satiated for a long time. As a bonus, sweet potatoes often satisfy sugar cravings, especially if they're baked and caramelized. Purple-skinned, white-fleshed sweet potatoes in particular, often found in East Asian cuisines, tend to have a cakey caramel taste that makes them perfect for managing the occasional sugar jones. Here's another interesting note. Potatoes and sweet potatoes are roughly similar in their vitamin and mineral content. But when it comes to vitamins and minerals, orange sweet potatoes are the vitamin A superstars. Vitamin A occurs in retinol form in animal foods such as eggs. And in rich industrialized countries, many people can afford to eat these foods. Many processed foods are also vitamin A fortified, so few of us in North America suffer vitamin A deficiency. However, in poorer countries, vitamin A deficiency is a common problem, causing blindness, other health problems, and over 600,000 deaths per year, mostly of young children or pregnant women. Along with other colorful fruits and vegetables, such as leafy greens and squash, orange sweet potatoes contain high levels of the carotenoid form of vitamin A. As little as a cupped handful of sweet potato a day can provide all the vitamin A that a small child needs. In other words, improving access to sweet potatoes and breeding vitamin A-rich sweet potatoes are thus important nutritional strategies for preventing vitamin A deficiency. Now let's talk about antioxidants and phytonutrients. Both potatoes and sweet potatoes contain antioxidants, substances that help control oxidative damage to the body. The phytochemicals, in other words, the plant chemicals in potatoes and sweet potatoes may also keep us healthy by regulating the immune system, fighting viruses and other pathogens, controlling inflammation, and inhibiting tumor growth. Along with substances such as carotenoids, vitamin A precursors, ascorbic acid, vitamin C, and tocopherols, vitamin E, potatoes and sweet potatoes also contain a host of other potentially helpful phytochemicals. We have a list online in today's article if you want to take a look. As with other colorful fruits and veggies, colored potatoes and sweet potatoes, in other words, yellow, orange, and purple flesh varieties, are higher in these beneficial plant chemicals. In fact, red-fleshed or purple-fleshed potatoes are comparable to Brussels sprouts, blueberries, or spinach. And hey, here's a fun factoid for you. Potatoes also contain trace amounts of naturally occurring temazepam and diazepam, aka Valium, along with L-tyrosine, a precursor to dopamine, one of our feel-good neurotransmitters. Both potatoes and sweet potatoes also contain roughly the same amounts of L-tryptophan, the raw materials for serotonin, another feel-good neurotransmitter that makes us feel calm and happy. No wonder you feel so groovy after those spuds. Now let's move on to talking about anti-nutrients. 
Antinutrients are substances that either interfere with nutrient absorption or act as toxins in the body. Almost all plant foods contain anti-nutrients as natural defenses against pests, diseases, and environmental threats. Tubers are no exception. For instance, most tubers are relatively toxic when uncooked. And, as mentioned, green potatoes are poisonous. So cut off the green bits or toss green potatoes altogether. In the end, both potatoes and sweet potatoes, like nearly all other plant foods, have some anti-nutrients. Luckily, these occur in very low levels, and most of the time, our bodies are perfectly able to process them. It's also worth noting that potatoes contain proteins, such as patatins and lectins, which can be allergenic, particularly if potatoes are eaten raw. People who have other allergies, particularly latex allergies, are more susceptible to potato allergies, as are children. Lectins can cause intestinal damage. And potatoes also contain protease inhibitors, which may prompt an allergic reaction or interfere with the digestion of proteins. In addition, potatoes contain salicylates, which can cause problems for those with a salicylate intolerance. Finally, the Solanaceae family of plants, which again contains tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant, may be somewhat inflammatory and can produce reactions in susceptible people. Now, all this said, most of these are problems only for people with existing allergies, intolerances, and autoimmune disorders. If you eat potatoes and feel fine, don't worry about it. Now, about 80% of the protein in sweet potatoes is sporamin, which is a trypsin inhibitor. Trypsin inhibitors can interfere with digestion by reducing the action of the digestive enzyme trypsin, which helps us digest proteins. However, sporamin may also be an antioxidant. As with potatoes, cooking decreases or removes many sweet potato anti-nutrients. Sweet potato allergy or intolerance is quite rare. As you can guess by now, several factors determine whether potatoes and sweet potatoes, or for that matter, most other foods, are more or less, quote-unquote, healthy or appropriate for your goals. Beginning with how they're prepared. Eat potatoes and sweet potatoes cooked rather than raw. Baking, boiling, or roasting potatoes and sweet potatoes is generally healthier than frying them. When fried, the starch can create harmful acrylamides. And if you want to learn more about this, you can see the article Healthy French Fries at precisionnutrition.com forward slash healthy dash French dash fries dash not. And another article all about cooking and carcinogens at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash cooking dash carcinogens. Now, another factor that determines the healthiness of potatoes and sweet potatoes is what you eat with them. Check your sweet potatoes. Is there a pie crust underneath them or marshmallows on top? Can you even see that baked potato underneath the mound of sour cream and cheese? Well, then maybe that's not such an ideal choice. But if you see broccoli and perhaps a nice grass-fed steak or wild-caught salmon or some beans with those tubers, go for it. A little bit of healthy fat with sweet potatoes in particular will help you absorb their vitamin A. Another factor, processed versus unprocessed. When eaten as whole, minimally processed plant foods, both potatoes and sweet potatoes carbohydrates are relatively slow burning. So opt for the niçoise salad over the instant mashed potato flakes, potato vodka, and sweet potato syrup. Now here's another factor that determines healthiness. Nutrient density. When eaten as whole, minimally processed foods, both potatoes and sweet potatoes are nutrient-dense. Yeah, sure, they're not kale, but then again, foo foods are. Both potatoes and sweet potatoes contain vitamins and minerals, 
antioxidants, and phytonutrients. So if you're looking for a blast of carotenoid vitamin A, an orange flesh sweet potato is a clear winner. However, if you fancy a little anthocyanin antioxidant action, try a blue flesh potato, or mix it up. Here's another factor for determining healthiness, satiety. Less healthy foods are often easier to overeat. They leave you unsatisfied, craving more. Sure, we've all indulged in a mashed potato fest at Thanksgiving or sweet potato fries at our local pub. But when we prepare both potatoes and sweet potatoes properly and eat them slowly as part of a normal, pan-friendly diet, we'll usually find both to be satisfying and filling. All right, let's move on to our next factor, effects on the food chain and environment. Potatoes and sweet potatoes are relatively hardy crops that are easy to grow in most climates, although sweet potatoes prefer things a little warmer. Even if you have only a little space, you can grow both types of tubers in a bucket. And in fact, we have a video online in today's article that you can check out. Just go to precisionnutrition.com forward slash regular dash vs dash sweet dash potatoes. Now, comparatively, potatoes and sweet potatoes are low impact crops requiring minimal water or additional processing. And here's a final factor that can help determine healthiness, your own heritage and history. Part of health is being able to enjoy food with others and connect to our heritage. Potatoes and sweet potatoes are part of most traditional cuisines. Thus, aside from their nutrient content, potatoes and sweet potatoes promote health through food and social relationships. Okay, so let's try and summarize all this and what we recommend. Beginning with lab significant versus real world significant. You might have guessed that although we rely a lot on clinical research, we also try to keep a sense of perspective. We try not to get bogged down in the numbers or look at single nutrients or foods in isolation. After all, people don't eat nutrients. They eat food. They eat meals. Having a baked potato with a meal or enjoying grandma's potato salad at a family reunion along with seven other dishes is a lot different than being a fasted test subject who is fed exactly 200 grams of baked potato and nothing else. In other words, lab significant, i.e. small variations in numbers, is not real world significant. In other words, what matters to real, unique people living real lives in real bodies. So, we work closely with our clients to see how scientific theories and findings manifest in real life, outside the lab. So here, then, are the guidelines we recommend. Based on the available research and our experience with coaching nearly 20,000 clients, we recommend both potatoes and sweet potatoes to our clients because we know that including both gives clients carb variety, helps people feel psychologically satisfied and physically satiated, helps give people steady, slow-burn energy, and helps people feel normal when changing their dietary habits. Because after all, potatoes and sweet potatoes are familiar foods. Moreover, people can easily adapt this general recommendation to their individual goals. So, we recommend starting with a baseline of one to two cupped handfuls of starchy carbs per meal. This can be potatoes or sweet potatoes, but also a host of other delicious and nutritious choices, beans and lentils, fruit, whole minimally processed grains, and so forth. We recommend that people adjust their portion sizing and food choices based on their individual goals, fat loss, mass gain, fuel for athletic performance, and so forth, their individual body size, smaller people get less, larger people get more, their individual carb needs, which if you're active and leaner will usually be higher, their individual food sensitivities, and their individual preferences. 
We also recommend that people experiment with various types of potatoes and sweet potatoes, as well as cooking methods and cuisines. Variety, after all, is the spice of life. Now, if this article hasn't completely satiated your quest for knowledge about potatoes, you can check our sister article out, All About Potatoes, at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash potatoes. All right, what to do today? Well, get beyond good foods and bad foods. Instead, ask, does this food add value to my body? Does it nourish me and benefit me? Both potatoes and sweet potatoes can be a valuable part of your healthy diet. Try something new. Explore the types of potatoes and sweet potatoes available. Look for unusual or colorful varieties at your local farmer's market, or grow some in your own garden. Choose whole, fresh, minimally processed foods. Whether it's a regular potato or a sweet potato, it's still better than potato chips. And prepare whole foods properly. Bake, boil, roast, and or steam your potatoes and sweet potatoes. Cook potatoes instead of eating them raw. And if you want to take advantage of the retrograde starch, cool your potatoes after cooking. Observe how you feel after eating a given food. Do you feel invigorated or immobilized after a potato or sweet potato? Satisfied or starving? Full of long-lasting energy or napping in the corner? Lean and light or heavy and sluggish? Gather data and act accordingly. And if you suspect you may have a food intolerance, Try keeping a food journal to see if you can associate your symptoms with a particular food. White potatoes may be a problem if you have an underlying susceptibility, such as an autoimmune disease or other allergies, particularly a latex allergy. Most common potato intolerance symptoms are reported as eczema, stomach upset, hives and swelling, or in rare situations, anaphylaxis. Now with this said, for most people, especially adults, potatoes are perfectly fine. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, Sweet versus Regular Potatoes, Which Potatoes Are Really Healthier? by Krista Scott Dixon and Brian St. Pierre. You can read the article online yourself, plus review all the various charts and watch the video on growing your own potatoes and sweet potatoes at precisionnutrition.com forward slash regular dash vs dash sweet dash potatoes. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.